your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Hey, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow Cami at Cami and G. Follow our social media for the podcast itself, LO underscore Longhorns. Cami, it's a full day uh, right here on the show. We're going to talk a lot of football. We're going to talk about a new wide receiver coming to Austin. The athletic director's projections on the upcoming football season. We got some recruiting news, top 25 news. Uh, how about some 2021 NFL draft top 50 prospects? What Caden Stearns is doing? Is sports getting closer? We got a lot to talk about. We do, and I love that it's football-filled because I feel like it's finally getting closer to hopefully beginning the college football season. Definitely is the case. I'm glad it's, like you, a lot more football than we've talked probably in previous episodes, previous weeks. Uh, You know, so, I mean, right now would have been, you know, spring football time, but unfortunately it didn't happen that way, but that's okay. That's all right. As long as we have our football in the fall, we're all going to be good. We'll get into that a little bit later. So let's talk about Tarek Brown. I'm sorry, Tarek Black. I had my colors mixed up. Tarek Black <laughs> is transferring from the University of Michigan uh, to finish out his final two years of eligibility. And are you excited about this? I am. I think it's an excellent addition to uh, the wide receiver room. Um, I know Tom Herman's doing well with these transfer type prospects. Um, anyone who enters a portal that would uh, be a, an immediate contributor, I think is kind of who he's targeting. Obviously we're um, kind of all um, in the dark in terms of the depth chart for the wide receiver room right now. Um, other than Brennan Eagles, I know uh, it'll be a battle between Marcus Washington and Joshua Moore. And now you add Tariq Black into the mix. And so um, I think he did well at Michigan. I think he had a little over 300 yards last season, but um, he had some poor quarterback play and uh, potentially they just weren't using him correctly. So I think he will see the field early and often in Austin. So I think it was definitely something to be excited about. Yeah, it's a little shocking considering Michigan had has a lot of talent, no question. Uh, you talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones, who just went in the NFL draft, got drafted to Cleveland. He was a guy who many thought would be a very highly ranked wide receiver coming out of the class. The only problem was his quarterback was Shea Patterson, who went undrafted and still hasn't been signed as an undrafted free agent. And that's quite the fall for the former five-star quarterback prospect. And now you have Black coming to Texas. He was a four-star. He has had some injury issues with his foot. Uh, He's actually broken both of his feet at one point, Uh, you know, and and so he had a medical redshirt season. So that allows him two more years of football time. Uh, Considering what they had at the quarterback position, yes, he did well at Michigan, 300 yards, only one touchdown, I believe. But he's coming to a team that is in desperate need of wide receivers. They're in desperate need of some experienced wide receivers, given the fact that their top two guys have moved on to the NFL. And now you have Brennan Eagles, you have Jake Smith, you know, we mentioned Jordan Whittington, Joshua Moore, Marcus Washington. I kind of feel like Black is he could potentially be maybe a backup at the X and potentially a starter at the Z. Obviously with no spring football and 
kind of this whole deal right now we're going through with COVID-19, the pandemic, you know, it's really hard to get a pulse on, on what's going on there. But I think that Black is definitely going to be in the running to start maybe at that other outside spot, and which is going to allow Jake Smith, Jordan Whittington to kind of run around the middle of the defense, play in that slot role when they're going, you know, three, four wide receivers, possibly having both on the field at the same time. Uh, you know, and you ha- one thing you have to really like is is Black is six foot three, former four star recruit out of Connecticut. Uh, showed a really good shuttle time at four point, I think it was four point oh eight seconds, uh, which is really good short shuttle, very good. So he has the athletic ability. Uh, it's just a matter of putting it all together. So it's something that I'm excited about with him transferring. Obviously. Late last night, we got the word that he was coming to Texas. So you know, it it brought some it brought some excitement uh, into the University of Texas. I think. Yeah, it definitely did. And in terms of the situation he landed into, with obviously you mentioned the top two wide receivers heading on to play professionally in the National Football League, I think he's coming into a situation where he can compete immediately. He does bring that size on the outside that um, obviously we're lacking a bit, other than Brendan Eagles, but. Um, I think he will compete for playing time right away as long as he can stay healthy. But I'm interested to see how they kind of get him acclimated um, into their offense and system and things like that when I guess you can't really um, have a spring season at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I do expect to see him often next season on the field. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be one of those things where you do see him quite a bit. I think they're going to rotate him around. Obviously, like I said, they have guys out there. They have, you know, Brennan Eagles and – uh, Malcolm Epps, who's supposedly supposed to be playing tight end, but I still think, you know, given the fact that he had experience at outside wide receiver, he could be in play along with Moore, um, you know, as a guy who, you know, got into a little bit of trouble, but hopefully, you know, he can stay on the straight and narrow this season. Um, you know, he can get out there. Uh, I'm excited about the guys in the slot. It brings a lot of weapons to this offense and, we haven't even gotten to the fact that they have Kelvante Dixon coming in, uh, who's uh, a speedy guy himself. And then mm-hmm. you talk about the running backs. I mean, they, they've got weapons all over the offense, so it'll be interesting to see how Mike Yersich puts it all together. But, so let's get into that other news. The athletic directors. Uh, Stadium put together, uh, I guess this was Brett McMurphy, had reached out to all of the athletic directors and of 114 polled on the upcoming season. What were the results, Cami? Yeah. So he actually sent it out to 130. So there were 130 athletic directors that were contacted, but 114 actually responded. So I thought that was a great um, response rate for him and in terms of kind of breaking down uh, what they thought of the upcoming season. But on the bright side, 99% of them actually believe a season will be played in one form or another. It's just determining uh, when that would begin is the biggest question mark, obviously. But um, for example, the season does not start on time. 61% of the athletic directors believe it would begin in October or November, but then even still they're unsure whether that would be a 12-game season um, or something like an eight-game conference-only season. So um, a lot of different scenarios are coming into play. Uh, 41% believe it would be a full season. 20% are predicting that eight- or nine-game conference-only season. So um, it's kind of a wide margin, but at the end of the day, every single athletic director uh, predicts a season will be played and that um, they basically um, say college football has to be played. So I don't think there's uh, really any one petitioning against having a season it's just kind of narrowing out 
those details. That's interesting. You know, an eight-game season really wouldn't work in the Big 12 considering they play a nine-game conference schedule. So it definitely would have to be nine. Um, then there's the idea that Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bolsley put out there about a split season playing part of it and then splitting the season and playing the rest in the spring, which brings a whole bunch of problems, in my opinion, because when you talk about playing in the spring, that's too close to the NFL draft process. And then, you know, the players that are going to go high. I mean, so so let's just say they did that. They had a split season where they played partial, and then they go into the spring. And then you got a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. He's supposed to be the number one overall pick. Are you going to play at all? Because I wouldn't. But I ain't playing. No, and this is actually one of the scenarios that popped up in the survey as well, um, the split season between the fall and spring semesters. And some of the issues they were running into was um, the weather in certain regions even that you kind of don't think about at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You're sacrificing some bowl games at that point due to scheduling conflicts with, think about it, the Super Bowl, March Madness, everything like that's going on at the time. So I think they're going to run into tons of conflicts with the split season. I really don't think that's um, a huge possibility. I think – um, what likely would happen, in my honest opinion, would just be um, a delayed season that probably starts in October, November. And then um, I would just let them play that full 12-game season. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of conversations that's going to happen over the coming weeks. But we'll get into more of that as far as the sports getting closer. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to dive into a little bit of recruiting talk and where the Athletic has Texas ranked in their new top 25. All right, Cami, so we talked about a little bit uh, earlier about how we were going to get into some recruiting talk. Uh, let's uh, got good news and bad news. So let's start with the bad news because that's <laughs> I'd rather not spend too much time on it. But Landon Jackson has committed to Louisiana State over Texas and A&M. Four-star weak side defensive end, one of the top in the nation at a Pleasant Grove in Texarkana. And so now he is going to LSU, and it just seems like the rich getting richer. Uh, I know, and we were kind of all tuned in to Twitter um, to kind of see where he was going. And uh, he has a very memorable face. I know he's obviously a very highly sought-after recruit, but um, I remember so many different uh, jerseys he was in when he was on his recruiting trip to Texas. Um, it just seemed like he was leaning towards the Longhorn. So I kind of feel like this was a kind of a gut punch in terms of the recruiting trail. But um, we do need to start landing those highly rated prospects on the defensive side of the ball. But we kind of are essentially in a way because we had the five-star Alfred Collins defensive end. We have uh, Jatavian Sanders coming in, who's also a five-star on that side of the ball. So um, I don't know whether this – I think it was a surprising selection for him to go to LSU, but I still think Texas is in good shape. I don't know. I think partially he switched over to LSU because he watched the NFL draft when LSU had 12 players selected. (laughs) I know. I was saying, imagine how, I guess, their immediate success last season kind of swayed some of these prospects. So um, I I don't fault him. I mean, that's probably something we would lean at the time as well, but um it was kind of surprising i guess yeah i mean it was it was a tough pill to swallow and it's kind of interesting because that happened on the same day where there was a lot of hype on social media if you're paying attention to it i will be honest i was on my phone on twitter and i was hitting refresh like every 30 seconds because all of a sudden you got jalen milrow was tweeting out i'm excited about this next commitment 
Um, and then you had, you know, Brian Carrington getting involved. You had Colts Bolware getting involved. You know, they were tweeting out their excitements. And then all of a sudden the news broke that Landon Jackson was going to LSU. And I'm like, I hope that wasn't the news they were expecting. Yeah, and I'm still unsure about that. I know we think um, we're about to talk about that shortly, that it was uh, for another commitment that actually is um, coming to Texas. But I'm still unsure about that because I feel like it could have been uh, for Landon Jackson. I mean, that was right before Landon Jackson announced his commitment. So it, it could have just been odd timing. But, yes, Twitter is going crazy um, about some announcement, whether it was the one we're about to talk about or Landon Jackson. But I don't know. It, it's – they kind of tease a lot on social media. And I know that's one of their strong points. We mention all the time how creative they are on social media and things like that. But um, that kind of drove me crazy a little bit. Yeah. It turned out that it was, it was for Landon, just a different Landon, Landon King. And I am probably going to butcher this high school name, but it's Atosita, Atosita high school in Humble, Texas. He is a three-star tight end. Who you see 38th ranked tight end in the country, 108th prospect in the state according to 24 7 sports composite rankings he has committed to texas and i know bulware was uh who recruited him so that definitely could have been reason why he was excited got his top tight end target to come to texas um crystal ball predictions leading up to that had texas at 80 percent and a&m at 20 percent. so texas gets the win there you got a kid who's 6'5 210 pounds probably gonna add some weight there but he's a guy who can come in and contribute almost immediately, I think, whenever he comes to Texas in the 2021 recruiting cycle. Yeah, and Texas actually really needs depth there. That They're pretty young at the position. Cade Brewer is uh, finishing out his collegiate career. So um, that obviously is a big uh, land for Bowler. He obviously brings a lot of size at 6'5". So I do think he can come in immediately um, compete for playing time. Um, but like I mentioned, we really need depth at that position. Uh, we eventually need some experience at that position. Uh, they're very, very young. But um, even though he's just a three-star, he was their top tight end uh, prospect in the recruiting class. So it was something to be excited about. I just wish uh, we could have landed both of those on the same day. That would have been nice. Yeah, it definitely would have been nice. Um, and, you know, and like we said, it wasn't what I expected, wasn't what you expected. I know when you look at some of the tight ends right now, uh, obviously, you have Cade Brewer, who's in his final season. Malcolm Epps is also at tight end. Then they have Jared Wiley. And then they have my personal favorite, one of the young guys, Braden Lybrock, four-star tight end out of Arizona. And then Reese Lee Tao, who actually will also be playing some defensive end and linebacker on defense um, from what uh, Coach Tom Herman was saying during the offseason. So, but it's a good pickup, and uh, hopefully that works out. Uh, but let's get into what The Athletic had to say. They came out with their post-spring top 25 Texas Longhorns ranked in at number 14. Yeah, I think that's a safe spot for them. We've kind of mentioned um, coming into the 2020 college football season where we would uh, kind of place Texas, and I thought a safe bet to place them was anywhere between a 12 and 15 range. Um, I know they've fallen a little bit lower than that, but 14 uh, feels about right to me. Um, obviously, a lot of people are excited about new offensive coordinator Mike Yurcich and Sam Ellinger duo. Um, they're obviously going to be throwing the ball a lot. They have the number one, uh, the nation's number one running back, Bijan Robinson, coming in. He's going to be competing for playing time early on. So um, 
their offense is definitely something to be excited about. And with the new defensive scheme and getting after the quarterback, um, obviously can approve that unit over um, from last season. So I don't know. I think they have a lot of hype coming in this season. It still seems low to them. I think um, by the time it's all said and done, they should and need to finish as a top 10 team. But uh, like I mentioned, number 14 sounds safe right now. Yeah, for the second consecutive season, they won a bowl game that many didn't feel like they had an opportunity to win. And so there's there's a lot of excitement. Now, uh, Mandel, who wrote this article, said this about the Longhorns. Tom Herman made solid hires with new offense coordinator Mike Yersich and defense coordinator Chris Ash. Quarterback Sam Ellinger quietly finished number four nationally in total offense last season, but threw too many interceptions. Keontae Ingram averaged seven yards per carry over his last seven games, and redshirt freshman Jordan Whittington could become a weapon at receiver. Outside linebackers Joseph Asai and safety Caden Stearns lead a defense that needs to get stronger up front. He's not really saying anything that we don't all agree on. Um, Oklahoma came in on this list at number six. Uh, Texas finished just ahead of Oklahoma State, who was number 18, and I believe – Texas A&M came out and right behind them at 15. And so not a whole lot surprising there. It's going to be interesting to see if they are a top 15 team that makes that matchup on October 10th in Dallas, just that much sweeter because you'll have two teams on the top 15 going to battle to see who gets big 12 supremacy, at least early on in the season. Uh, Cammy, any, uh, any other thoughts on the, them being ranked in the top 25? I mean, do you think they should be higher, lower, or are you good with right in that 12 to 15 range? Like you said, well, I think uh, the 12 to 15 range is safe for them, but I do think they should be ranked higher. I think once the season kind of progresses on that, uh, they should become a top 10 team. And like we've mentioned, I feel like Herman needs to finish out the season um, as a top 10 ranked team nationally. Um, hopefully Ellinger in a senior season could lead them into the college football playoffs. I know Herman needs that as well. Um, like we mentioned, Del Conte said, you get one chance to kind of reshape your coaching staff. And so uh this is kind of Herman's back against the wall. He has to put this together on the field. We've mentioned all the player development issues because Herman's bringing in these uh, great recruiting classes, but it's not really translating onto the field and production and things like that. So I think they need to be ranked a top 10 team by the time it's all said and done. That is very true. But coming up next, we're going to get into the 2021 big board and is sports getting closer? All right, Cammie, so the 2021 NFL Draft, I know people think it's too early to talk about, but Draft Wire from USA Today Sports Media Group has put out their top 50 prospects for the 2021 NFL Draft class, and we got two Longhorns on the list and could be there. We do, and I think while the 2020 NFL Draft only produced uh, three draft picks from Texas beginning in the third round, those numbers are probably going to drastically climb in 2021, but um, offensive tackle Sam Cosme is expected to be Texas's top um, draft prospect next year. He's kind of a consensus top 20 prospect at the moment. Uh, we mentioned he requested NFL feedback prior to the 2020 NFL draft before ultimately announcing his return to Austin. So um, DraftWire actually has him listed as the number 13 overall prospect 
And then somewhat surprising to some people um, is safety Caden Stearns making the list. He was listed at number 33. Um, so obviously a top 50 NFL draft prospect next year. But um, Stearns definitely has a raw talent, uh, but health has remained his biggest question mark. So if he could stay healthy and uh, just stay on the field, he will likely be – he could maybe sneak into the first round. Yeah, I've seen some mocks where they were – They've I've seen Caden Stearns in there. Uh, I don't think top 50 is out of the realm of possibility. And as we all know, the Longhorns seem to produce defensive backs, uh, maybe more so in the early part of the decade, but and definitely the last decade. But it shouldn't be surprising to anyone to see a Texas Longhorn safety up there in the discussion. Obviously, Keandre Coburn is another guy who I think is going to be in the mix somewhere in the draft. I don't know how high or how low. Obviously, you have Sam Ellinger. Uh, we know that much. Could Joseph Asai make the jump early? You, you know, these are some of the things that, that are kind of going around because we're, we're not 100% sure, but those are guys that I think could be in the mix. Yeah, so, you know, speaking of that, that you were just mentioning those names, I think we're going to double the amount of draft picks from 2020 to 2021. I think we'll at least have six or seven players drafted. Um but just as a reminder of how good Stearns is when he is healthy, because I know he missed four or five games last season, but um, when he was a true freshman, he was named the Big 12 Defensive Freshman of the Year, and he was first team all Big 12. So he led the Longhorns with four interceptions. Um, even though he missed a handful of games last year, he had a career high 12, ta- 12 tackles, including 10 solo tackles um, against Oklahoma State. So uh, he's a very strong player. Uh, obviously, you mentioned he's doing this fundraiser, which we're about to touch on. But I just think he kind of reminds me of a Colin Johnson-esque in terms of his off-the-field character. Um, he really has it all together. So I do hope he ends up being a first-round draft pick next year. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, and speaking of Caden Stearns, um, you know, it's not a surprise to any of us who cover the team to see Caden Stearns involved in the community, whether it's visiting, you know, a, kids at the hospital um you know just he tries to stay engaged and be a positive role model uh, and yesterday on twitter he tweeted out asking for people to contribute in any way possible whether reposting or donating anything helps let's come together and help out the community we love dearly link below in the bio hashtag faith family and food now this is in regards to the san antonio food bank uh, he is trying to raise money to help those out. And so I went to his the San Antonio website, food bank website, and under his profile and said, Hello, everyone. Hope you all are staying safe during these times. A couple athletes and I wanted to come together and make a difference in the community we value and love so much. It came to our attention that there was a huge need of money providing food for families due to the inconveniences of COVID-19. Coming together and becoming a team as a community hasn't been more important so please donate share and repost so that we can provide meals for those in need anything helps and all donations are greatly appreciated god bless and stay safe caden stearns via the san antonio food bank fundraising page Uh, he is also being joined by offensive lineman Derek kerstetter and former running back malcolm brown who are among the five athletes that were listed on this fundraising page and i just think it's a great way to try to help out and it it just shows you the leadership that this team has under Sam Ellinger and Caden Stearns uh, along many others 
And I, you know, it, it's a great thing. I think what they're doing and I, you know, I appreciate them and that's why I wanted to make mention of it. Uh, and we've also promoted it on Longhorns Wire. So if you can go to that page uh, and donate if you can. Yeah, I agree. I'm really proud of how um, the Texas football program as a whole has been stepping stepping up throughout this pandemic. I know Herman and Ellinger have actually been hands on um, with their kind of donations to the food bank and things like that. And um, Stern's jumping on several other players as well. It just goes to show that they're under great leadership right now um, with both Herman and Ellinger. So I don't know. I think it's a very um, positive light in such a dark time for them right now. And um, hopefully they're able to assist a lot of families with having meals provided to them. And then um, before you know it, hopefully they'll be back on the football field. And speaking of, let's dive into this. I think sports might be getting close. Now, this is just me kind of connecting dots here. But USA Today recently posts about baseball returning in June or as late as July the 4th. Now, that is big because that'll be our first, I guess, our first venture into sports returning. And so if that's the case, you know, that I think that only helps the case of getting college football back and going. And then you have the NBA is going to be reopening facilities, allow players to come in and practice starting on May 8th. And so when I look at those two things coming together, obviously they're major sports leagues with the NBA and the Major League Baseball. And that, to me, only – signifies that college football could be not that far behind. I agree. I think it is getting closer. Um, I do think someone needs to make the first step or the first jump like that, whether it's the MLB or the NBA. Um, And as soon as someone does, and as long as there aren't too many uh, mishaps and obviously leading us down um, in a negative way, obviously um, with more cases and things like that. But I think someone has to make that first step and make that first jump. And um, if it goes along positively, whether it's no stands or no fans in the stands or whatever it may be at the time, as long as we get something back going, I think the rest will kind of follow suit. Yeah. I think so. Everybody's just kind of waiting around for like, who's going to make the first move, Um, you know, who's going to step up. So that that's going to be interesting. It's something that I think we need to, that we'll be watching and monitoring. And it was just, uh, when I was seeing all these reports, you know, it kind of got me excited because I was like, oh, is sports about to come back and, and give us, because, you know, the NFL draft and the last dance has kind of given us a sense of normalcy back. So it's gotten us a lot excited. So I'm kind of hoping that this is just another step in the right direction. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Make sure you listen to the newest Locked on Big 12 podcast. Just tell your smart device to play the latest episode. For Tammy, I am Patrick, and we will see you on Friday. Hook them.